Hey, y'all. Real quick before I hit play on this episode of Familypreneur for you, I want to be sure that you know that I have a brand new podcast available for you to check out. It's called Just Marketing, and you can find it on this podcast platform. Go ahead and search for Just Marketing and hit subscribe so you don't miss anything. Then come back here and listen to this episode of Familypreneur. It'll still be here waiting for you. Welcome to Familypreneur, the podcast for parent entrepreneurs raising kidpreneurs. It's time for your weekly dose of inspiration and actionable tips to build your business and find better balance, all while strengthening your family. And now we'd like to introduce your host. She's my mom and the bomb.com, Meg Brunson. Hello, hello, and welcome to episode number 33 of the Familypreneur podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by EIEIO Marketing. Facebook advertising does not have to be stressful and overwhelming, not when you have a former Facebook employee in your corner. If your business is looking for a reputable agency to manage your Facebook ads, visit EIEIOMarketing.com and reach out for a free consultation today. When you think about your Facebook marketing strategy, always remember EIEIO, where their name isn't just cute. It represents the ideal Facebook strategy. Engage, interact, educate, influence, and optimize. Now let's introduce today's guest. He is a father, husband, and entrepreneur who lives and works in San Diego, California. He's an advisor for Leadpages, ConvertKit, and other companies in the digital marketing arena. He owns several successful online businesses and is a professional blogger, keynote speaker, Wall Street Journal bestselling author, and host of the Smart Passive Income and Ask Pat podcasts, which have earned a combined total of over 50 million downloads, multiple awards, and features in publications such as the New York Times and Forbes. I can hardly contain my excitement and am so honored to be welcoming Pat Flynn. Hey, Pat, thank you so much for joining me today. Absolutely. I'm really excited about this. Thank you, Meg. Gosh, I am too. You've really been a driving force in my success as an entrepreneur and quite literally the reason I started podcasting. That's so cool. I met you at Marketing Impact Academy. Yes. With Shalene Johnson, or that's where I saw you first. And when I left Facebook, you were like the first podcaster I really enjoyed listening to. And I went to MII not knowing anybody else was there. So even like big people who were there, Brandon Burchard was there. I'd never heard of him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> big people, but you were the guy I knew. And I was so excited when I saw that you were there and I told my friend, whatever he sells on stage, I'm going to buy. Oh, you're amazing. Thank you. Why, why? How did you like, that's a crazy thing to say. I don't know. Something just told me like, I just loved everything you talked about in your podcast. And I said, whatever he, whatever he's got, I know we'll offer a deal right? and I won't get it anywhere else and I'll have to get it today and I'm just going to do it. And my friend I was with was a podcaster and um, I was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to buy the podcasting course. She's like, did you want a podcast? I was like, I, I don't know, but I guess I do now. And that- <laughs> and look at us now. You're podcasting. It's that's so how it great. started. So kind of a little fun story. Thank you. And now you're podcasting with a, with a pink foam ball and that's cool. I've never seen that before. So now you're you're- you're making your own style, like you're doing exactly what you should be doing. I love it. Awesome. Well, I'm really excited to hopefully dive into some unique content with you. I really want to dive into your approach to parenting and exposing your kids to entrepreneurship. Yeah, let's let's do it. This is this is my jam right now. I'm all about it. 
I, like I said, I discovered Smart Passive Income in early 2017. And one of the first episodes I remember listening to is episode 266. It's an episode where you discuss the Fulfilled by Amazon service. Mm -hmm. And at the end of that episode, you touch on the fact that you brought your whole family, including your seven-year-old son, with you to Target and scanned items to fulfill by Amazon. And that Keone, your son, called it a treasure hunt and it kind of became your thing. Yeah. So I'm curious, number one, are you still doing that? And number two, what projects are your kids currently working on with you? Well, it's interesting. We're not doing that anymore. Although we do go to Target, we live close to one. And whenever we go, we walk by the clearance rack at the end of the, at the, at the end cap. And he goes, can we scan these? I wanted to see like what the profit margins are going to be. And he's like talking like an adult. It's really, really cool. And he's having fun with it. But uh, we've moved on to some other things. We have uh, like a podcast together that we could talk about a little bit. And, and, and that's kind of really in alignment with my approach with entrepreneurship is just like, do it with your kids. Like let them in on the thing. Um, when I was growing up, work was something that I felt took my parents away from me. And I'm trying to make it the opposite. Like I want what I do to bring us together. And so whatever I'm doing, I'm bringing them, I'm, I'm, I'm involving them in, in the conversation. I'm talking about the launches that I have going on, the books that I'm writing. I want them to understand why I do what I do so that when I do have to be by, on my own and I'm in the home office or in the studio filming, they know exactly what I'm doing. They know exactly why I'm doing it. And it's there to not just put food on the table. It's there because it's there to serve other people in the world who need my help. And already that's kind of injecting a lot of uh, uh, selflessness in, in their lives, I can tell, because um, they, I don't know, they, they, they have this really giving nature that I know isn't like something they were born with. Um, it's something that they're learning from myself and my wife, April. We, we, we do a good tag team job together with really trying to be great examples for them in terms of serving others. And, and that's really where it comes from. Um, the other interesting thing is I'm very fortunate to live next to a school that they go to that teaches very similar concepts that, that I teach them uh, related to entrepreneurship. It's a STEM school here in San Diego. And it's a public school, but it's taught with project-based learning and, and, and it has a very entrepreneurial technological tone on top of it. And so actually uh, last year and this year, my son participated in something called a maker fair where all the kids, second and third grade, they had to come up with a business idea to solve a problem or to create something. And then they had to go in front of a panel of judges, Shark Tank style, and actually pitch their idea to strangers. And that, like, I'm already getting goosebumps talking about this because, like, think about what that's doing for a kid and his, his or her ability to present an idea that may or may not work out. And it's not a, everybody gets a participation trophy kind of thing. Some of those businesses don't get selected. And that's a part of life and to teach them these things now and to understand how to deal with failure, but also how to, how to, how to strive to, you know, present better and, you know, make mistakes and having that be okay. Like this is so the opposite of how I grew up. I grew up in a very traditional school, very traditional home, very much. I'd come home from school with a 96% of my math test. And then my dad would go, what happened to the other 4%? And then we worked for five hours on figuring out that last 4%. And it just crushed me like to my soul. I hated that. And it made me hate certain things about math and school and things like that. Whereas this school and the way that April and I teach, it's, it's, a, you know, it's okay to make mistakes. Failure is a part of the process as long as we can learn from them together and find ways to be efficient with how we can do this better next time. This is what they teach. And um, so Keone's business this year was selected. It was a pin company. Uh, Inspirational Pins is what he created. Uh, the company name was called Pins Wins. 
And he actually, so last year was very much so like Etsy related type things. So they have to like build things by hand. This year, they actually got involved with actually manufacturing. So the investors, uh, like the Shark Tank, paid for the manufacturing of these pins for Keone's company. The kids who didn't get selected are now employees of the companies, the CEOs. So they're still working in those companies. And then I went in to speak to talk about marketing. Other people came in to talk about design. Another person came in to talk about you know, uh, other aspects of marketing and entrepreneurship and just it becomes the whole project for the whole school year. And there's so much learning involved. There's obviously writing, there's math, there's, there's those kinds of things that are just as a part of this instead of like coming home with a ton of worksheets. It's just really great to, to have them already experience business in the way that I do um, in real life in a safe place where they can make mistakes and it's okay and they teach how to learn from those things. So he's, he's still doing business type things, but on another level now, it's more than just scanning with an app on Amazon. But like I said, whatever I, I do, I'm getting them involved. And, you know, I speak on stage now. Keone's coming with me to some of the conferences. He's seeing me on stage. He's coming on stage every once in a while. Um, and he's kind of getting a feel for, for how this is. And, you know, the whole point here isn't to convince him that he needs to be an entrepreneur as well. I'm going to be the example and I'm going to show him what's available to him as an entrepreneur. Whether he wants to go down that route or not, that's up to him. But the principles of entrepreneurship can teach you to succeed with, with whether or not you want to become an entrepreneur or not. If you want to be an employee, that's great. Go work for a company you love and crush it there using these strategies that are going to help you stand out. They're going to help you learn how to make mistakes and, and learn from them, but also how to help serve the clients that you're serving through that business that you're working for. So this, I'm just, as you can tell, I'm super passionate about this. This is what I want to see more of. And I'm actually very excited because in the next upcoming years, like I want the rest of my biography to be about not just smart passive income and the business and the podcast and all that, but how I've made some sort of change or started a movement in education toward more project-based learning and entrepreneurship in schools. Like my, if I could snap my fingers or if I had a magic wand, like I would have entrepreneurship be a subject in school, like science, math, reading, entrepreneurship. Like I really think it should be there. And plus it's fun. Kids have fun with this whole process. And it just means the world to me. I would love to, to be an agent of change there. I wish that that was more prevalent. I know that we've moved around a lot, mm -hmm. but with all the schools that we've been to, I've never had my kids have any experience like that. So we're just hitting the wrong schools. Yeah. Well, new schools are popping up that are getting it. That's, that's the cool thing. Um, I'm a part of a foundation here in San Diego called uh, Classrooms of the Future. And James, the founder, has done a really good job over the years of turning it into something where they award top curriculums around San Diego that are very innovative, that have these business and science-like sort of things on top of it and spreading word and news about those things. And I think we're starting to see, even in traditional schools now, they're starting to adopt it a little bit. I think we all kind of have a sense of we need this change in education for where we are right now in the world and where things are headed and we're also fortunate to have like cool entrepreneurs now be a good example, like Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos, who are very much in the public eye, who very much are doing some really radical, cool things like Tesla and SpaceX, like that are getting kids excited about starting things and being different as opposed to, and again, there's nothing wrong with this, but now we know we have the option to not just, you know, train to work at a place, but train to be the person who creates the place that can have other people work at it you need employees. Like there have to be people that are willing to do the grunt work. So we need all of those people. But like you said, it's nice knowing that there's multiple paths. If you don't fit into the box, right. you can create your own box. 
Right. And any good CEO would know that, you know, the grunt work is needed, right? But you pitch it as that person actually having a place and a bigger mission that you have. So yes, they're doing that work, but for what? They know what that is. And I think even with traditional schools, we don't emphasize the empathy enough. We don't emphasize the mission enough. We don't emphasize like serving others um, more than just like, let's try to get the best grade possible. And if you get an A, you're great. If you get an F, you fail and you're bad and you got to go to summer school and all things are terrible. It's all great and, and numbers related. And, I, and there's more to life than that. Yeah, you bring up a really good point. And I actually want to take that and bring your family back into it. Cool. I'd like to talk about episode 225, which is by far my favorite. It's probably one of your favorites. Yeah. It's you interviewing your family. <laughs> April was so nervous for that one. I feel like I could have my whole show just breaking that episode apart. So I'm just going to tell my people that they need to go listen to that episode and really hear the ways that you talk to your son. Because the answers he gives you, I feel like the way that you just engage with him, it can teach us a lot about how you're encouraging entrepreneurship in your kids. Thank you. Beyond the typical business stuff, it's not just marketing and sales. It seems to me that the most important values to you from that episode were problem solving and philanthropy. Is that pretty accurate? Yeah, because that's really what makes any business successful is solving problems. And philanthropy in the sense of not just, you know, because we talked about like my campaign to build a couple of schools in Ghana. We got the kids involved with that as well. Like that philanthropy, massively important. I, I, I want to encourage more people to do that. But also philanthropy in the sense of just thinking outside of yourself and outside of your immediate network to see how you might be able to serve others in different and fun and innovative ways. And trying to teach that to my kids is really important. And, you know, I, I, I love that episode as well. Um, April was so nervous. The kids were great. I should do another follow-up episode because the kids are a lot older now. And um, you'll hear just how much they've grown, but also how much they even more embody that spirit. I have done a lot of research and a lot of work trying to be a great questioner. And to me, that's what a great coach does. There's books written about it. There's a book called The Coaching Habit, which uh, is written by a guy named Michael Bungay-Stainer. And it's one of the best books I've ever read because it tells you that in order to be a great coach, you need to talk less and you need to let the other person talk more and have them figure it out for themselves. You're just the guide. You're just the Yoda. You're just the Obi-Wan. You need to make the person you're coaching the Luke Skywalker of the story. And I want to make my kids, you know, the Luke and Leia, right? And I am the guide. A good guide asks the right questions and has those people who they're helping figure out the answers for themselves because then they will own it, right? It's, it's very similar to how like the way we got our kids to eat greens back in the day was we would let them put the greens in the blender. We would let them, you know, using really safe knives, cut things and own it a little bit, you know? And when they have a part in it, now they want to consume it. And it's great. And I'm doing the same thing with what I teach in business and in life for the kids. So we, we never tell, I mean, that's April and I do a good job. She catches me because I don't get it right all the time. And I catch her and we powwow about it to, to, get, to get each other on board. And, you know, we, we both, we're not perfect and we make mistakes too, but we're always on board with trying to help our kids learn from our examples and asking the right questions. So when the kids ask us something, we usually have a question to ask back to them. Well, how might a person consider how to fix that? Or, you know, how might is a, is a common phrase in our house. Or what have you tried to solve that problem? What, what have you done so far to try and solve that problem? might you do to solve that problem right now before we even start teaching? And it's hard because as a parent, we want to like 
We just want to, we want the best for them. And we want to just give them the answers right away. But I think what, those are two different things. Sometimes the best for them is for a little bit of time to help them figure out what the answers are for themselves. And that way they own it. That way they can embody it and practice it uh, moving forward. And, and that's kind of the approach that we take as parents. I love that. So oftentimes we learn as much from our kids as we teach them. What is the most important lesson you've learned from your kids when it comes to building your business? <laughs> uh, this is a good question, but it's a very easy answer. <laughs> and that's to have fun, to always have fun in what you do. And it's not going to be fun all the time, but you can make it fun. And yes, there are going to be moments in your business where you're struggling and it's not, it's not fun at all. But then you remember why you're doing it in the first place. You know, it's almost like running a race. You know, you run a race and when you're in the middle of it, you're just like, why did I even, why am I not at home watching TV and I'm out here sweating and it's like 90 degrees and so uh, why am I doing this? But then you might think, well, why do I do this? I'm trying to get fit, trying to have fun. I'm trying to enjoy the day. I could always watch TV, but this is a good opportunity for me to, to, to go outside and be with somebody and, and run a race with them. And this is, this is why I'm here. So you know what? Although it doesn't feel good right now, I'm going to bust through and, and get through it. And then at the end, I'm going to have a giant waffle because I will have expended so many calories running this race. So anyway, always trying to have fun. The kids are so great at taking whatever they have available to them and enjoying it. You know, when I went to Africa to see the schools that we had built, you know, we went to a place where one of the new schools was opened up and we saw the kids playing in, in literally dirt. Like they were just playing on the dirt with sticks and drawing lines in the sand. And I had never seen smiles so big. And then, you know, I go home and I'm like on my phone and the Wi-Fi goes out. I'm like, the Wi-Fi is out. And then I go, this is ridiculous. Like why? Like we, we lose sight of, of really just the core of what happiness is uh, when we live in this kind of culture sometimes. And I think it's good to be reminded of that. And I'm thankful that I have the kids to remind me to just truly make the best of any situation. I think that's the biggest lesson because entrepreneurship is hard. And sometimes the best answer is just like, you know, if I was a kid, how would I handle this? And that also embodies the idea of being creative and thinking outside the box. I think there was a lot of studies done. I think I saw even on TV on some, it was a show called Brain Games. And this guy was doing this experiment at the mall. So he got a bunch of kids together and he got a bunch of adults together and he showed each person individually like a drawing. It was like a completely random drawing of something. And the kids were making up all these cool, fun things about this random drawing, like it's a dragon that's flying in the sky and it's, you know, um, dropping apples on, you know, the soldiers down below in the castle. And like, you're like, really? You see that out of that? But then you go to the adults and they're like, mm, I don't, it doesn't look like anything. It just looks like scribbles. You know, even though it's the same thing. So I think the kids reminding me to stay like a kid has been the most helpful thing. I love it. Have fun with your work. Yes. So growing up, I feel like every kid tells themselves, I'm never going to do this or that when I become a parent. Um, I remember doing that multiple times. <laughs> we know it all right until we actually have kids. So I'm curious what your biggest shift in perspective has been since becoming a dad. <laughs> first of all, Kaoni was the first baby I'd ever held. Wow. It was a big... Uh, scared of babies like my friends and my wife's friends had babies before us and they would always ask me to hold the baby and I was like no I'm gonna break it I don't <laughs> this isn't this isn't what I want to do but then it's weird like it uh, when you have a kid it just like clicks and somehow 
that part of your brain is like, all right, this is we're we're doing this. We're gonna we're gonna make it happen. And then you start to get comfortable with it. But you know, there there were a lot of things that I said to myself, like, I'm never gonna do this as a parent. And then I catch myself doing it. And a lot of it is me also catching myself like, man, that my dad used to say that. And I'm not just talking about like the dad jokes, <laughs> but um, you know, like saying things like, Well, that's the way it is. My dad used to say that all the time. And I'd be like, Oh, okay, maybe that is the way it is, and I don't have to ask any more questions about this because and I eventually got the clue that like that was just my dad's way of saying like don't bother me right now. And for a while, I started to say the same thing. When when April was pregnant, I was like, you know what? When the kids ask me questions, I'm always going to answer their questions, no matter how many whys they ask. But man, they ask whys a lot, and it's hard to not want to stop that. But I also know that that's their brain trying to figure things out. And for a while, I was just saying, well, that's the way it is. But now I say things like. I don't know. So let's go figure it out. And then we go on Google and do the research to answer that question. I'm, I'm showing him that there are resources out there that can help him find that information. And I'm also teaching him that I don't know all the answers. And that's something that I've been trying to be very big on is the fact that, you know, I am okay with admitting I am not perfect. And I want to tell my son I am not perfect as much as possible. Because if we want him to be perfect, but we are not perfect, then there's a disconnect there. He won't have as great of a relationship with us. There's some hypocrisy there. But now by being an example and showing, hey, like I made this mistake and I, I admit my faults in front of the kids as I, I want to be the first one to admit it. I don't want them to catch me. I want to be the first one to admit it. But I'm also teaching them that it's okay to make mistakes and that if they make a mistake, I will still love them too. And that's not how I grew up at all. And so I'm thankful to have, and by the way, I love my parents. They're amazing. They taught me so much. They helped me become who I am. And, you know, thankful they're still alive today and, and, and are amazing grandparents to my children. But I do just disagree with how they raised me in some capacities and, and we're trying to do it differently and trying to make them the best little people they can be. So that's, I don't know if that answers your question, but it just kind of reminded me of, of that. It does. And I, I think it's funny, you were talking about all the whys. I just gave a presentation and did some research and the average four-year-old asks 390 questions a day. Dude. Which averages down to about one question every two minutes they're awake. That's crazy. That's insane. <laughs> so what do, what do we do? We answer them? I don't know what... I wasn't researching what you do when they ask the question. <laughs> oh, oh, Okay. <laughs> I take a similar approach, though. I love answering questions by asking questions, especially the tough ones. Like when my kids come to me and say, where do babies come from? Yeah. And I don't really want to Google that. So I just ask them, where do you think babies come from? Yeah. And it's typically age appropriate. And we just kind of roll with it. The stork. Well, and this thing, I don't want to totally lie, but I also just want to... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Let their imagination take them somewhere. Right. So as kids grow up, it doesn't ever get any easier. It's just that what gets hard changes. So are you experiencing any shifts as your kids are getting older with involving them in your business? In the business, no, actually, it's getting a little bit more exciting, I think, because their communication skills are a lot better. Their understanding of how the world works is much better. Their capacity to not complain is much better. They're understanding the way business works now, which is really cool. It's cool to see them kind of you know, both in different kinds of ways. Uh, my daughter, she's only five at this point, but she still has a little bit of a knack for entrepreneurship and a lot of the things that we're doing. But what is interesting is just personality-wise, um, and, and especially now that they're in school, to see the influence that other kids have on them and how they behave is really interesting. 
I understand that this is a, a major reason why a lot of people homeschool their children. And it's a completely legitimate reason because, man, they come home and I'm like, where did you learn that from? Um, you know, and that's a very common and common thing. But thankfully, we've put in things in place early on. And I'm so grateful for April for committing 100% to being a stay-at-home mom, even though she has these big dreams, to make sure that they have the foundation needed to deal with the world and all that that it might give them. So they come home with these things that other kids plant in their heads and we talk about them and they understand that that's not something they should say or that's not how they should behave or that's not something a person who actually wants to help others, that might not be how they would act. And so again, asking questions to teach those lessons, uh, it's just, it, it worries me because they're only going to meet many, many more people. And I want them to be as many people as possible, but I want to make sure that they stay in control of who they are and what, who they want to be and not are heavily influenced by others who might give them bad juju. Um, uh, it's really scary, especially when you start hearing on the news and reading all these numbers about like, you know, all the bad things. But at the same time, I'm like, you know, we're putting in the work now so we can reap the benefits later, which is my tagline for my podcast. But we're doing that with parenthood too. So we're putting in a lot of hard work now to to be there for them and to build those relationships so that when they're older and they're faced with tough decisions, they can make smart decisions. When they need a person to talk to, they're not going to be scared to talk to us and just to believe in themselves. And, and the other new thing for me is I, I grew up an only child. So I don't know dynamics of brother and sisterhood. Like, so that's been a really interesting thing to experience. And as they grow older, their bickering is changing. <laughs> but it's, uh, I'm guessing it's just always going to be there in some way. It's just going to change, like you said. Yeah, I've got four. So <laughs> it definitely just changes with the ages and stages. Oh, geez. <laughs> so I've heard you say that entrepreneurship isn't for everybody. Um, I, I can definitely agree with that. Mm -hmm. But do you have any advice for the parent entrepreneur who really wants their child to connect with them on the entrepreneurial level, but the child just seems uninterested? I think the way to phrase it would be they just aren't interested in that yet, or they're, they're, they aren't interested in those things. Every child's different. I don't, I don't teach parenthood. I, I, I'm not you know, certified in any of this is just based on my own experience. But every kid's different, it seems. Even my two kids with the same kinds of DNA are very different. And they each have different likes and dislikes. And although a person might not like what you do now, and the first thing that you show them, show them something else. You, you got to discover what those things are that they enjoy and see how you, you can incorporate that into what you do. Um, for my kids, they like hearing themselves on the microphone. They like seeing themselves on camera. They, they like those things. Others might prefer to write stories. And so if, if, that, if your kid's a storyteller, a story reader kind of person, then how are you using stories in your business? Share some of those stories and talk about those stories and ask questions to pull stories and have that be your thing. You have to find your thing, right? And I think that's, that's the hard thing is we try to often force what we do onto the people around us versus trying to figure out what else they might enjoy and kind of having to kind of mold ourselves a little bit for them instead. And again, that's just not something that comes easy or overnight, but with a little bit of conversation and care and communication, I think that you can discover what those things are. I think, I think you, you just, for some of us, we have to search a little bit harder. That's a great answer. It totally makes sense. Shifting your perspective, mm -hmm. changing your mindset, pivoting, yeah. all those normal stuff we, we do in business all the time. For sure. Before we go, I'd love if you just told us a little bit about the podcast. 
it's almost live. We're, we're, we're getting the artwork finished and then it's going to go live. I'm trying to determine whether or not I should put all episodes up at once or have it come out once a week. I might just do all at once because this is just more of a for fun thing, but it is something that's going to allow me to explore perhaps having conversations with others about education and kids and, and, and that sort of thing. But really, it's more of a platform for my son to get used to just hearing himself and not just hearing himself, but hearing feedback from others. And I think that's an important lesson that at this age, he's ready to hear, whether that's positive feedback or negative feedback. I think it's important to, for him to know that we're not going to be able to please everybody out there. But the podcast, it's called All of Your Beeswax, a play on none of your business or none of your beeswax. And um, it's something that, you know, kids say on the playground. But we wanted to just capture interesting conversations that happen after school. So whenever he comes home from school, he's just talking his head off. I'm like, I just got to capture this. And I can guide the conversation just like I did in episode 225 into lessons that not just he can learn, but by recording this, others can learn as well. And what we really want to do is just encourage parents to have conversations with their kids and kids to have conversations with their parents about these things. So each episode is like a theme. The first one is about some of the philanthropic work that he did at his school related to the hurricane that hit uh, Texas not too long ago, Hurricane Harvey, I think it was. And they did a fundraiser at school and he put on his own fundraiser for it. And we talked about like, why is that important? What did you do and how did you do it? And those kinds of things. Another episode was about how he finally was able to ride his bike and, you know, kind of encouraging others along the way to realize that like, even though you want to do something, it might be very difficult at first and it's going to, you're going to get frustrated and that's okay. But the more you do it, the better you get at it and you know you take the training wheels off and you kind of go a little bit and then you go further and then eventually it just clicks. So all kinds of fun episodes that I think a lot of parents and kids can relate to. Obviously family friendly. And my favorite part is we have a theme song. And for most podcasts, I wouldn't recommend, I'm, I'm somebody who teaches a lot of podcasters how to podcast. I wouldn't recommend a two minute intro in the beginning of every episode that's exactly the same. But since it's for kids and it's a fun song with a lesson involved, I think every episode is going to have this, this this song at the beginning that's hopefully going to be catchy and people will remember. I don't know if you've heard it yet, Meg. No, I haven't. Okay, cool. So it'll be a nice surprise for, for you and the listeners too when, when you head over there. Do you sing it? Who sings it? Uh, we hired one of my friend's companies and it's like literally like a rock band that plays it and sings it. And it sound, like, it's so cool. It's one of my favorite songs and you'll hear it and your kids are going to hear it and you'll probably get sick of it over time because they'll want to hear it again and again and again. But it's just really cool. And I think, you know, I remember playing that song for Keone when we got it. And he was just like mind blown. He couldn't believe that like his name was in a song. <laughs> and, you know, like to finish off, like that's for a kid, that's a, that's a huge deal, right? Like I just heard my name in a song that I didn't say it. Like somebody like that's not hard to do. You can go to Fiverr.com and find somebody to write a song about your kid or draw a picture like with your son in a cape or something like those little things go a really long way to encourage kids to just like be creative, explore, to put themselves out there and have fun at the same time. And that's kind of what we're doing with, with this podcast. Well, I've known about the podcast for a while. I've been waiting for it to launch. I cannot wait. My kids are launching their own little podcast in August Woo-hoo! and I can't wait for them to listen to yours. That's awesome. Before they officially launch theirs. So cool. Where can our listeners learn more about you? Where do you want to send them? So you can find more information about me and what I do with entrepreneurship at smartpassiveincome.com. And I'm at, at Pat Flynn on most social media channels. But the podcast, you'll be able to find it on iTunes when it's up there at all of your beeswax. And you'll see it. It'll be a lot of fun. So I hope you enjoy it. 
Awesome. Pat, I can't thank you enough for taking time out of your schedule to record this episode. It's been so eye-opening and insightful. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Meg. Thank you, everybody. How amazing was that? Well, I've got another great episode in store for you next week. Gelly Akinblatt will share her amazing story of emigrating to the United States as a refugee from the Soviet Union and how that impacted her journey to freedom as an entrepreneur. Gelly shares the raw truth of what happened when she divorced her husband and business partner, the effect it had on her personally and professionally. She's built her business around in-person networking events and also shares some great tips for attending networking events, even if you're an introvert. Gelly is an amazingly inspirational person, and I love how real and honest she is in her work. Subscribe to the Familypreneur Podcast today so that you don't miss Gelly's episode or any of the amazing guests that we have in store for you down the road. You'll find all of the links mentioned in this week's podcast, plus the show notes at megbrenson.com slash 33. Thanks, guys. Have a great week. Bye. Don't miss my mom's next episode. Bye.